in addition to offering excellent treatments, uh, there's so much that we can do as healthcare providers to provide comfort, symptom management, and, and it just really attracted me to the field of survivorship. This is the James Cancer-Free World Podcast. I'm Steve Wartenberg, and today's topic is the James Survivorship Program, and our guest is Maryam Lusberg. Maryam is a medical oncologist and a breast cancer specialist, and she's also the medical director of survivorship for the James and the director for breast cancer survivorship for the Stephanie Spielman Comprehensive Breast Cancer Center. Maryam is also a member of the Cancer Control Research Program, a James program that identifies molecular, genetic, and behavioral factors associated with cancer. She also leads clinical trials, including one looking at how social factors such as loneliness and feelings of isolation can impact breast cancer patients, and another that's investigating the toxicity of chemotherapy and immunotherapy treatments. That's a lot of titles and a lot of work, and it's Maryam's versatility and her dedication to make her the the perfect person to help pioneer and lead the increasingly important survivorship program here at the James. Welcome, Maryam. Thank you, Steve. Thrilled to be here today. Well, we're glad you're here to, to talk about this important topic because one of the things I, I looked, I did a little research, the number of cancer survivors is really growing. The research and treatment have improved so much. And then according to the National Cancer Institute, uh, as of January, uh, there are 16.9 million cancer survivors in the United States, which is 5% of the population. That's pretty amazing. One in, five, one in 20 people is a cancer survivor. And the number of cancer survivors is projected to increase by 29%, all the way up to 21.7 million survivors by 2029. So to me, that means that a survivorship program, what you're leading, what you're involved in, is becoming more and more important. So give us a little background. What is it? Why is it so important? Yes, so those are very true statistics. And I think as uh, the listeners, I'm sure, have have been um, aware of a, of a family member or a friend who's been touched by cancer, uh, or they may have been affected themselves. Um, survivorship is a very broad category, and there's been some confusion about what being a survivor means. But really, it's meant to be very inclusive. It's regardless of your age, regardless of your stage, So any stage of cancer, uh, really from day one of diagnosis, uh, the the official definition of a survivor is that it starts at the time of diagnosis uh, and goes to the the end of that individual's life. So it's meant to be uh, broad, flexible, inclusive, and meant to address holistic needs of that individual and family as they go through cancer treatment, um, no matter where they are in that process. How recent are the development of survivorship programs at big cancer hospitals like the James? Like, there probably wasn't anything like this 25 years ago, right? Absolutely not. So, and uh, part of the reason that um, survivorship programs have really grown was because of advocates uh, uh, who were patients and family members themselves, where they really noticed that there was a gap, that um, an individual could finish their cancer treatment and then feel very isolated and alone and not know what to do after. So uh, there, in the last decade is where there's been um, really an organized effort 
both here at the James as well as nationally and internationally to address these unmet needs, that it's not just about giving drugs and treatments to patients, that uh, there are so many complex uh, psychosocial needs that, that an individual dealing with a cancer treatment and diagnosis is going through, um, that all of those can be very broadly uh, fall under survivorship needs. Um, and a good comprehensive um, survivorship program strives to really address those diverse needs. So before we get into the specifics of the survivorship program here, I'm curious how you you do so many things. You see patients, you do research, you lead clinical trials. How did you get involved initially and now become uh, one of the leaders of their survivorship program? What interested you or what led you there? So I have always been interested in the experience of patients and families. Um, It's what uh, attracted me to the field of medicine, um, the personal connections that we can make um, with with individuals going going through an exceptionally difficult times time of their life. Um, so I was broadly interested in it, but um, when I started as a medical oncology fellow here at the James in 2007, I really knew very little about survivorship, and um, I was fortunate enough to. Uh, one of the first preceptors that I had here at the James um, is one of the nationally known um, um, uh, pioneers in survivorship, and that was Dr. Charles Shapiro. So from being in his clinic, I I had early exposure to um, all the good that can be done in addition to offering excellent treatments. Uh, There's so much that we can do as healthcare providers to provide comfort, symptom management, and and it just really attracted me to the field of survivorship for that reason. Okay, I I think I know you well enough to say this, that you seem to be just a, a caring, nurturing, compassionate person, so that led you to these interactions and wanting to help your patients in in new and different ways and more, uh, you know, different areas other than treatment. It's very, um, it's very gratifying as a physician to know that, um, you know, um, there, there, there are times where, um, just just asking a patient about their family or kind of what their goals are, um, the, the that, that could be a medical visit, that it's not just about giving drugs X, Y, and Z, but um, really understanding just where they're coming from. And um, I, I just really enjoy that part. So it's part of what makes medicine and the practice of oncology worthwhile and gratifying for me. So that's a great background on why it's so important. So now sort of walk us through. You said that the goal is that the survivorship program starts on the day of the diagnosis. So what are sort of the the areas of of services, the different facilities and specialists and, and great people that James have here to provide the range of survivorship um, program? Yeah, so one of the one of the one of the many things I enjoy about the cha- James is that team multidisciplinary expertise that we have here. So one person cannot do it alone. I can't do it alone. So really from day one, um, you know, from that first um, new patient consultation, um, we 
we really can can figure out very early on what what the needs of the patients are, uh, and it's unique to each patient. So um, they may be having a lot of psychological distress related to their diagnosis. So then, very early on, um, they are they see our psychosocial oncology experts who specialize in in in, in the support of um, patients dealing with a new cancer diagnosis. It may be um, a young couple who want to still start their family but now have to deal with the challenge of a new cancer diagnosis. So they are very quickly then referred to our um, oncofertility services so they could have that specialized opinion on how to preserve fertility and plan for their family in the future. Um, It could be that post-surgery, they're having um, some difficulty with walking or recovery from from whatever type of surgery that they've had. This is where our rehab specialists who kind of really focus on functional status and um, helping um, survivors really recover their function. So, so, I mean, the list can go on and on, but the idea is listen to your patient, listen to your family, see what their needs on, and really identify needs early on, and then um, obviously decide on the right course of treatment. The right treatment for the right patient at the right time is what we really strive for, and, and then support them through that treatment process. And for patients, for example, with advanced cancer, the treatment may not end, and they may go through a series of treatments, but for patients with curative disease, there will be an end to treatment. And that's a time where our survivorship program kicks into high gear, where they will be actually formally seen in what we call a survivorship visit. Um, and this is that, an, that coincides roughly with the end, their last yes. chemotherapy or immunotherapy yes. treatment. Yes. Or, okay. Yes. And because um, I've heard that's a time when people are sort of they've had all this support and now all of a sudden they're done. So that's like yes. a, a little difficult exactly. adjustment time. Okay. Exactly, so you, Steve. You've you've definitely kind of kind of hit on the hit on the issue where it's actually was the reason that really launched the survivorship field is because many patients reported exactly that. That, that they get all this support early on, and then things end. And you know, when they used to come every few weeks for cancer treatment, they're they're not coming as frequently, and they they felt that they were left to figure things out on their own, not really having a roadmap for the future in terms of how to navigate their health and this next phase of their survivorship. Um, So this is why the survivorship visit that in the James is run by our expert um, survivorship advanced practice providers who've had extra training and lots of experience in survivorship and care of diverse diverse patients with different cancers. So this visit is typically a 60-minute visit, but sometimes it's longer, depending on needs. Um, Typically occurs within the first six months of finishing treatment. And um, it it starts, it's really, no visit is the same. That's what I've learned as I've done some of these, is that depending on what, what that individual needs. Um, sometimes the focus is on very concrete steps in terms of what does my surveillance look like? What kind of tests will I need in the future? Other times, it's, it's really focusing on the experience of what has happened in the last year or last six months or however long their cancer treatment has been. And it's, um, 
you know, when things have slowed down is when many patients can actually take the time to process. Um, gosh, I went through cancer treatment. Wow. I was so on the go to, to get through treatments that they hadn't really taken the time to process it. So it can be a very healing process to even have this specialty visit to focus on that. Um, and uh, it culminates in having a, a, a tailored, printed set of instructions and summaries of both what type of uh, stage and diagnosis and treatments they've received. Because even patients who are completely very cognizant of all the treatments that they they have received, things can get blurry over time. So it's actually very helpful to have a succinct summary of all their cancer treatments to date. Um, and then then the, the the next portion is well. This is these are the things that you need to watch out for. These are the tests that you need, um, and uh, that's that blueprint portion. You know, a roadmap for the future. How can we both? This is how your cancer surveillance will look like. This is how you can optimize your health in the in the future. So health promotion is a very key part of cancer survivorship. So the focus prior leading to the survivorship as it has been on the cancer. But then the next focus is, yes, we've gotten through your cancer treatment, but um, let's now look at the whole picture and how can we make sure that your health is as optimized as possible. And this requires close partnership with our primary care provider colleagues who will also get a copy of the summary so that they are aware of kind of kind of the things to watch out for. So this this treatment summary and care plan, as it's called, is shared with the patient as well as um, any healthcare providers that they may have, both within the James OSU or even external to us, um, as a communication tool. Um, and uh, based on that survivorship visit, patient may end up seeing additional specialists based on their needs. So um, they may decide to explore um, integrative oncology and explore acupuncture, for example, for some of their symptoms, or they may want to revisit um, counseling specialists for some of the issues that they may be having post-diagnosis. So the referrals that stem from that visit are, again, very tailored to the patient. So everyone, it's the whole, there is no routine cancer or routine cancer patient. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's uh, certainly, um, you know, we hear that phrase a lot, but it's so true because, um, I mean, I, I live it every day in my own clinic. You can have two identical stages of breast cancer, but um, each family and patient will respond very differently to that diagnosis. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Maryam to hear a little bit about some of her future plans for survivorship and how she's going to build an even bigger program. A revolution in lung cancer treatment is happening at the James. We're proving lung cancer isn't solely defined by location and stage, but rather the individual molecules and genes that drive it. Simply put, there is no routine lung cancer. That's why our world-renowned specialists put their expertise towards treating one particular lung cancer, yours. At The James, we go beyond the routine to prevent, detect, treat, and cure your lung cancer. To learn more, call 1-800-293-5066. 
We're back. This is the James Cancer Free World podcast, and today's topic is the James Survivorship Program with our guest, Miriam Lusberg. So, Miriam just explained the basics and the, the wide variety of, of programs and opportunities for, for patients. But, Miriam, you, you, you've told me before there's a lot of new things coming. You're, you're a bit of a builder. You like to create teams and improve services for patients. So what are some of the things you're working on to, to build their survivorship program? Yeah, so we're very excited because we're constantly listening to our pa- patients and families about what, what, what their wish list is. And one of the things that we heard over the years was that our younger patients um, really felt that, and, and this, is, this is supported by research as well, that younger patients with cancer, um, and we're specifically age is relative, but by younger, I mean patients between the ages of 18 to 39. Um, This this demographic, uh, if you can imagine where you were when you were between the ages of 18 and 39, you know, these are college students, young, young moms or young dads, finishing college and getting their first job. So, so, so you can, you can imagine being in that stage of life and then being hit with a cancer diagnosis and how, how many extra challenges that can pose. So this is, this younger population, um, uh, we know uh, really benefits from additional support, um, both uh, at the time of cancer diagnosis, during treatment, and then after treatment. So we, um, we wanted to bolster our services uh, for, for this younger population, and we were successful in, in getting additional funding in partnership with um, Nationwide Cancer Hospital to... Nationwide to Children's. Na- Nationwide Children's. Yeah, because... A lot of it's those same age, those ages sort of yes, overlap. Yes, right? yes, yeah. and in nationwide, it includes um, individuals of 15, 15 um, and upward. So, uh, so, so what we want, so we were successful in 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 in, in um, securing this this funding to essentially expand our two center adolescent and young young adult program, and what it will provide is one on one support um, with an a young adult coordinator who will meet meet with with um, uh, these individuals right at the time of diagnosis, do a detailed assessment, and essentially navigate them throughout their treatment and identify barriers, challenges, offer extra support. And this coordinator will have specialized training um, in AYA care. Um, so uh, there will be one coordinator in the James, one coordinator in, in Nationwide. And then in addition, we're really expanding our AYA programs. Um, one thing we've heard is, you know, if, you, if you're 20-some years old, you don't want to go necessarily to a cancer program program with 50 or 60 year olds. So what we're doing is we're, we're, innov- we're envisioning very innovative social programs um, like, um, like a canoeing trip or outdoor trips where it's just for these young cancer survivors and, and we've, we've run a few of these and they've been very popular. So that's, that's one, one, one program. So you're that creating support networks. Yes. Which is yes. 
Exactly, exactly, Steve. And then, um, and then uh, the the uh, the other part of the spectrum is our older patients. We know have unique needs, and so um, through leadership of Dr. Ashley Roscoe and um, Dr. Carolyn Presley, really the cancer center is 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 investing in our older population. And uh, this older population, for example, will have a comprehensive assessment at the time of diagnosis is called the comprehensive geriatric assessment. And through this assessment, we can actually decide on a one-to-one individual basis what treatments are actually right for this patient. We don't want to say just right off the bat an 80-year-old shouldn't be getting this treatment. Not all 80-year-olds are the same. So we really want to do that individualized assessment and then plug them to various appropriate survivorship services as they go. So this is ongoing, but we envision this to continue to expand. So we're very excited about kind of looking at these extremes of aging, um, both the younger population and the older population, and see how we can better support them. So, the, so those are those are those are one of the some of the things that we're working on. We're also very cognizant that sometimes patients don't like to travel for appointments, so we see uh, patients commuting from far away to come to the James. Yeah, some even coming from surrounding states or yes, farther. So, yes, yeah. and this attests to the growing um, uh, reputation of the James, and we're very grateful for these patients who are, who are making these long travels. Um, but what we found is sometimes, you know, they they just couldn't make that one extra trip for a survivorship visit at the end of treatment, or there were a lot of support services that they could benefit from, but uh, they just couldn't make that extra trip because of the long distance. So we are really investing in telehealth or virtual health initiatives. Um, and we're even beginning to conduct some of our survivorship visits virtually. So essentially, the, these individuals could be in the comfort of their home and then have the, the advantage of that survivorship visit through, through, through video conferencing. So that is starting, and I anticipate that to continue to expand, and we're going to be doing some research around this in terms of how can we implement this better and how can we spread this to other community sites. Um, so, so, so we're very excited about our, our, our telehealth initiatives as well. And then additionally, um, we touched on this briefly, but but people tend to think, assume that a survivor is somebody who has curable disease or doesn't have advanced cancer, and this is not true. As we talked about, a survivor applies to all stages um, of cancer. So, but 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 you know, f- over the years, um, uh, the the metastatic population or the advanced cancer population may uh, may have not felt as supported. So so we we are we're aware of this, and we have started in breast cancer and advanced. Um, breast cancer clinic called the ABC clinic and the ABC clinic. Um, Does that stand for something? Or? Uh, advanced breast cancer. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh. And, um, and uh, it, um, it's, it's a really a one of a kind type of consultation where separate from their usual treatment visits, 
essentially it's a survivorship visit for the more advanced cancer population. So, so they meet, they meet, have a consultation, talk about the big picture of how uh, advanced cancer, what it, what does it mean, and how is it affecting them? And they actually meet with a dietitian and integrative oncology specialist as well. So so it's a wonderful two to three hour experience um, to to address these diverse needs, and we hope to expand this to other cancers as well. Our mission in our survivorship program is that we're completely inclusive, we're growing, and we want to continue to hear from our patients and families uh, about how to do things better. Um, the, the, we, we we're continuing to strive for that. So it, it sounds like quality of life is the key. Absolutely. And sometimes people, you know, mistakenly assume, well, quality of life may not matter. We just want to cure cancer and end cancer. But what people may not realize is that by also focusing on quality of life issues and symptom management issues, we can actually help people live longer. And by addressing symptoms and quality of life issues early on, they can actually tolerate their cancer treatments better and actually live longer and better. So the, the, the two do not need to be mutually exclusive. Well, that goes back to your clinical trial where you're, you're examining the toxicity of drugs, where yes. if you can uh, help people uh, lower the toxicity, they can take the drugs longer and improve their outcome. Exactly. So, see, that all ties together. And, yes, it does. It does. Yeah. It does. And, and one of the things I've noticed and I know you've talked about is, and you've already mentioned, the, the caregivers and families are such an important part of the journey for a cancer patient. And you're also... You you work with them as well. Yes. So over the years, um, we we have experienced this and heard from our caregivers where um, they are a vital support uh, for 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 the individual going through treatment. But um, uh, in the past, there were very limited support services for them, and we 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 really chose to rectify that situation. So now, one of our initiatives is that our caregivers can actually receive um, one-on-one counseling um, uh, related to the distress that they may be feeling related to caregiving. And we're, we're really focusing on one of our future goals is to have caregiver programs and really address this unmet need. Um, they their health is even affected um, through through this caregiving process and all the stress and the burdens that they can take on. So it's really important to um, to to not exclude them from survivorship services, and we're really beginning to be more inclusive of that. Yeah, because I've been to a couple of the of your survivor caregiver conferences, and they stress that 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 you're you're giving so much of yourselves to your loved one that you're sacrificing your own health but you need to take care of yourself so you can take care of your loved one. Absolutely, that's very well said and um I think the scientific uh medical community is actually beginning to do a lot of research on on, on the complex caregiver issues and um, so, so I think you you will be hearing a lot more about this, and and the James is very committed to supporting our caregivers. Everything that I've spoken about, this is not a one person show by any means. So it's been a 
really team effort. Um, the 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 nursing leadership has been amazing and such a vital part of our survivorship program. So so we are very grateful to to our um, uh, nurses and nurse practitioners and advanced practice providers. So so anyway, I couldn't do this alone, and I'm just very grateful to be within this team. Well, thank you for sharing the great. Uh, stride you're making in survivorship and filling us in on the future. Thank you, Steve, for having me. This podcast is brought to you by the Ohio State University Comprehensive Cancer Center, Arthur G. James Cancer Hospital, and Richard J. Solov Research Institute. For more information, check out our website, cancer.osu.edu.